helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Welcome back to the Life Transformation Show. We're continuing our series on seven types of love, and today we will be doing part two. I'm your co-host, Denise Hart. And I am Michael Hart. Now, let me ask you something, folks. What does love mean to you? Is it that warm, comforting feeling you get when you're with someone special? Or perhaps it's the exhilarating rush of emotions when you first fall head over eels? You know, love is such a complex and beautiful emotion, Denise. And in part one of our series, we delved into the intriguing world of love, exploring two of the seven kinds of love, liking love and infatuated love. Yes, Michael. We uncovered the layers of these two unique types of love, dissecting their characteristics characteristics and sharing real-life examples, as well as some fascinating stories from the Bible. And today, dear listeners, we will be thrilled, we are thrilled to bring you part two of our series, where we will continue our journey through the seven kinds of love. That's right. We've got a lot in store for you today. So whether you're in a loving relationship, seeking love, or just intrigued by the intricacies of the human heart. You won't want to miss this show. So sit back, relax, and get ready to explore the diverse and wonderful world of love with us. It's time to uncover the next layers of love as we dive into part two of our series, The Seven Kinds of Love. Now, Let's delve into another intriguing aspect of love. By now, Michael, it seems clear that there are three categories that you and all psychologists use to evaluate each type of love. First, emotional intimacy. Second, passion. And third, commitment. In last week's show, you said, among other things, that liking love was high in emotional intimacy but low in passion and commitment. On the other hand, you said that infatuated love was low in emotional intimacy, high in passion, but low in commitment. Tell us about the next type of love and how it scores in these categories. Well, the next kind of love that I would like to talk about today is what psychologists call empty love. And empty love is a form of love that is marked by commitment without the presence of emotional intimacy or intense passion. So in other words, it is high in commitment, but there is no passion in the relationship. And there is also a lack of emotional intimacy, which means that the partners do not actually know each other. So it's a stage where the initial romantic attraction might have faded and the relationship commitment is based on duty, tradition, or other factors that keeps the relationship together. What is really unfortunate about this type of love is that 
even though it is lacking in terms of the vital aspect that keeps the love fire burning, such as passion and emotional intimacy, what, it, what we find is that this is the type of love that most long-term marriages, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of long-term marriages find themselves in. And I've had clients who have come to me who have said things like, we are like two ships passing in the night. We hardly talk to each other anymore. We, we, we hardly talk anything about our future. It's all about the children or it's all about the business. So there is no time for passion. And there is also no time for partners to get to know each other. And so that's why it's low in emotional intimacy. Well, thank you for that great explanation, Michael. So could you provide an example of empty love to help our listeners grasp the concept? That's that a good idea. It's always better when we have these these examples, these crystal clear examples. And as you know, Denise, I like to use the biblical examples. So one example that comes to mind is the Old Testament story of Isaac and Rebekah. After many years of marriage, their initial romantic attraction seemed to have diminished. And but we still see that there was a kind of commitment that they had in their relationship. Their commitment to each other was likely due to their roles and responsibilities as husband and wife, rather than any deeply emotional connection that they had for each other. So when people lack emotional intimacy, what we find happening is that they often consciously or subconsciously sabotage sabotage each other's objective and happiness because they are not working together as a team. They are not on the same page and they don't really know each other's hearts. So, Michael... What is it from this biblical narrative that makes you feel they didn't have strong emotional intimacy? Yes, I'd love to go there because in this story, this biblical story of Isaac and Rebecca, there are instances that I find in the scripture that in, indicate that they lacked emotional intimacy. First, we see that they had different visions for their children. So, in Genesis 25, 21 to 28, it is mentioned that Rebecca conceived after many years of infertility. However, during her pregnancy, she experienced great discomfort in her womb as the twins struggled with each other. And she got a vision, a word from the Lord that said that there were twin nations in her womb and that the older Esau would serve the younger, the younger Jacob. So this revelation about the twins' destinies highlights a division in Isaac and Rebecca's perspective regarding their children. Because what we find is that Rebecca apparently never told Isaac about this revelation that God had given her that their older son Esau would serve the younger son Jacob. And as a result, 
Isaac held on to the cultural norm where the oldest son was destined to become the leader and to inherit the father's blessing. And so we see that there was this competing vision that Isaac and Rebekah had. And as a result of that, Rebekah favored Jacob, while Isaac favored Esau. And this difference in vision for their children's future sowed the seeds of conflict and competition between the brothers, which ultimately led to emotional distance within the family. So that's very interesting. I guess that is lack of emotional intimacy right there as neither was revealing to the other what's really going on in their heart. That's right. And so we see that they were sabotaging each other's dream. And in Genesis 27, we find a, a significant event that exemplifies the lack of emotional intimacy between Isaac and Rebekah. Isaac, being old and nearly blind, desired to bless Esau, his favorite son, the older, which was supposed to be, according to his vision, the one who is going to inherit the blessing. Rebecca, however, favored Jacob and devised a plan to deceive Isaac into giving the blessing to Jacob instead. So Rebecca's manipulation of the situation not only showcased a lack of open communication between her and Isaac, but this to me also revealed the extent to which they were working against each other's objective for the family. Instead of collaborating and discussing their concerns openly, they resorted to deceptive tactics which further strained their emotional connection. And so when these kind of things happen in a relationship, it, sh it pulls the family apart. And this is what we often find in couples that are lacking in emotional intimacy and lacking in passion. So these instances from the story of Isaac and Rebekah illustrate how different visions and lack of open communication can lead to an emotional distance between couples that, that, that create challenges within the marriage. Thank you for that biblical example, Michael. So now, could you provide a modern day example of how empty love may manifest in a marriage today where the relationship becomes primarily based on commitment rather than a strong emotional connection and passion? Okay, so let's use the hypothetical example of a couple by the name of Jill and Jack. They met in college and were initially drawn to each other's vibrant personality and shared interests. Over time, they fell in love and decided to get married. That's a common progression in many relationships, Michael. So what happens as their marriage continues? So after several years of marriage and facing the challenges of busy careers and raising a family, the initial intense passion and romantic excitement they once had was no longer there. 
And that is what we find, I find with a lot of couples that come to see me for psychotherapy treatment for their marriage. Their love and the excitement and the passion that they had for each other is no longer there. The spark that ignited their relationship has given way to the routine of daily life. So what I'm hearing you say, Michael, is that their relationship transitions from a passionate one to one that was driven by routine and commitment? Exactly, Denise. As they as they walk through life together, the responsibilities of work, the children, the household chores, their focus shifts more towards fulfilling their commitment and obligation as spouses and parents. And also the emotional intimacy that they once had as the cornerstone of their relationship takes a back seat. And the couple now becomes more like partners in a business and they, they, they don't really know what's happening in each other's heart. And in other words, they become disconnected emotionally. And that's why we call this kind of love empty love, because all that is holding it together is the commitment that the couple has for each other. That really paints a sad picture of how the passion and emotional connection can die in a marriage. So, Michael, if someone finds themselves in a scenario of empty love where their relationship has become more about commitment than a strong emotional connection, what steps can they take to address and improve the situation. And also we should say there's also a lack of passion as well. So not only is there no no uh, no emotional connection, Dennis, but that also a highlight of that kind of love is a lack of passion. So your question is, what if someone finds themselves in that kind of love, the empty love scenario, what can they do? That's a very important question. And I have some points here. So if you're listening and you find yourself in an empty love scenario, take your your pen and paper and begin to make notes of these things. The first thing I think you need to do if you're in an empty love situation is to have open communication. Initiate an open and honest conversation with your partner. Share your thoughts and concerns about the current state of the marriage or the relationship and create a safe space for both of you to express your feelings without judgment. Have meaningful conversations that go beyond practical matters. Discuss your dreams fears and experiences because this is what is going to bring back the emotional intimacy. Sharing vulnerable aspects of yourself helps to re-establish emotional intimacy. And next, try new things. Introduce novelty into your relationship by exploring new activities or hobbies together. This can reignite the excitement and curiosity you had for each other early on. And fourth, I would say, seek professional help. 
If the situation persists or feels challenging to address on your own, on your own, consider getting professional help because a professional counselor like myself or others in your area can give you valuable insight and tools to navigate the complexities of your relationship. I remember a couple that I had that come to me after 15 years of marriage and fell into this rut. After therapy, the, the, the wife said they were more in love than they have ever been. So it's possible to change the script. And next, focus on intimacy. Prioritize physical intimacy as well physical touch and affection and also the, the and also verbal expression of love can bridge the gap and create a more fulfilling connection rekindle passion find ways to bring back elements of passion and romance plan surprise date nights write each other love letters or recreate experiences from earlier days so michael those are great points. It is encouraging for listeners to know that there is always something they can do to improve their marriage. Absolutely. You're not fixed in any of these stages. Whatever stage you find yourself in as we go through this, these seven types of love, you can get help to move on to a more ideal stage. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Live Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Seven Types of Love, Part 2. You can find out more about us at elamcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So what's the next type of love that you would like to talk about today? The next type of love is what psychologists call romantic love. And this type of love is characterized by a high emotional intimacy and high passion. But what is lacking in this type of love is that there is no commitment. This type of love is often experienced in the early stages of a relationship where people can keep their hands off each other because of the high passion and they spend a lot of time talking so they get to know each other well. But they might be in a f in that phase where neither is not yet sure where they want to take the relationship. So there is no commitment, at least not as yet. So as usual, could you give a current day example of romantic love? Let's use the example of Mary and John. Let's say this couple met at a, at a convention for young adults and after talking for a few hours and having lunch together daily, they feel a strong attraction for each other and felt they were meant for each other. In the months that followed, they continued to have strong passion for each other and had to put physical boundaries in place so that they can try to maintain their Christian value of not having sex before marriage. Yes, the passion is so strong. Eventually, they got to meet each other's family 
and they learned details about each other's childhood and they knew all about each other's aspiration and dreams and the dreams of each other. I can see the strong emotional intimacy and intense passion from that example, Michael. I love that example, but I'm always intrigued by your biblical examples. So, can you think of a biblical story that encapsulates the features of romantic love? Yes, the story that comes to mind is that of Isaac and Rebecca, and this shows that your love relationship can be at different stages throughout your life journey, because I think we already use Isaac and Rebecca for another example, but this is in the early stage of their relationship, as found in Genesis 24, chapter 24 to 26, and I think this is a wonderful example of romantic love. The biblical narrative provides valuable insight about this type of love using this example. So what we find is in this kind of example is that there there was emotional connection and attraction, but no commitment as yet, especially in that part of the narrative. Isaac's reaction upon seeing Rebecca for the first time is a prime example of immediate attraction. This is There's a powerful spark between them that signifies that there is an emotional connection. So, if we read the narrative, we also see that there is signs of affection from Rebecca as well. And this is demonstrated in the culture that when she saw, when she saw Isaac, she asked, who is this man? And she gestures her strong affection by descending from her camel up on seeing Isaac. And this means that there is an instant attraction. But we see that the relationship also showed in that passage that they had an emotional connection because we are told that Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother's And this shows that there is a progress in the relationship. And it doesn't have to be that it is happening within the same day, because we often read the narrative as if everything is happening together. But it could be sometime after that he now knows her so much that he's able to bring her to meet his mother. And we are told in that passage that she comforted Isaac when his mother died, when Isaac's mother died. So there we see that emotional intimacy. She is with him. She knows what's going on in his life, and she's playing this role of comforter. So there is this emotional connection, and there is also that strong that strong attraction. But up until that point, there is no marriage quite as yet until we get to a, a part in the in the narrative where it says that, and he married Rebecca. And this could be sometime after. Sometimes it could be, it could be months after, or it could be years after. We don't know. But some, that waiting phase between meeting and the strong attraction and the emotional intimacy, uh, is what keeps, is what defines this type of love. This, this, this type of love that is known as romantic love. So again, romantic love, there is attraction. There is strong passion, but there is no commitment as yet. So, Michael, 
If someone is in a situation of romantic love and feels stuck because despite the passion and emotional intimacy, the commitment is still lacking and they are interested in deepening the commitment, perhaps even moving towards marriage, but their partner is content with the current state of the relationship, what would you suggest they do? Yeah, I can just imagine a scenario today where maybe the mother of the, the female is saying, where is the ring? When are you going to get the ring? It's been two years now. And so this is indeed a complex and sensitive situation, Dennis. When one partner seeks to deepen the commitment and move towards marriage, while the other is comfortable with the current level of commitment, communication, and emotional intimacy. So here are a few steps of what can be done to help navigate this scenario. First, you need to have open and honest communication. Initiate a candid conversation with your partner about your feelings and the desire to take the relationship deeper. Timing and approach is also very important. Choose a suitable time to have this conversation, making sure that both of you are relaxed and, and receptive and in a receptive state. Approach topic with empathy and understanding, emphasizing that you, you value the relationship and want to ensure you're both on the same page. And express your intention. Clearly communicate your intention for the relationship to deepen. Explain that you, you, you are so much interested in your partner that you see your life with them, spending the rest of your life with them. Don't be afraid to put your cards on the table. And this is where some people go wrong, Denise, where they feel, I can't say that because I might be rejected. But it's better for you to express how you feel than to suffer in silence and pretend that you're comfortable with the relationship being in the status quo where there is no commitment. That's right. And also reassess your compatibility because you might be thinking that this is romantic relationship is for the long term, but there might be things that you're seeing that might be saying that there is no compatibility in your relationship. And so if you're seeing those signs, it's important for you to have an honest, hard, heart to heart heart talk that may mean that this relationship, even though we have passion, even though we have emotional intimacy, it might not be the wisest thing for us to go forward. And so if you have had this kind of reassessment and you you feel that, yes, you are compatible, then you may need to explore compromises. Find a middle ground that respects both perspective. Consider compromises. Maybe the, the wedding might not be now as you plan it, but get some sort of uh, some sort of promise as to as to what the future plans are. And if you're really stuck and you care about each other, but you don't know how to move this relationship forward, seek professional guidance as to how to do so. Those were great points, Michael. I really like the point about reassessing compatibility, because even though both people have intimacy and passion, they might still not be a great match for each other. 
That's so right, Denise. The graveyard of divorce is filled with couples who had great passion and who knew a lot about each other, but just wasn't a good match for each other. This concludes today's episode of the Life Transformation Show. We hope our listeners found our discussion on the seven types of love, part two, helpful. Don't miss next week's episode as we conclude seven types of love, part three, where we will discuss the ideal type of love relationship. Remember, Life Transformation airs every Monday morning at 9.30. If you missed any part of today's show or want to revisit it, you can find the episode posted on Elim Counseling Services' YouTube channel. Please consider making a donation to help our Christ-centered ministry. Your contribution will directly impact those seeking support and guidance. Thank you for joining us today on Life Transformation Show. We appreciate your continued support and look forward to bringing you more uplifting and transformative discussions in the future. Until next time, I am your co-host, Denise Hart. And Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.